Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I'm Maria Casillas, your co-host, and I am joined here with my favorite co-host, Cody Sizemore. Cody, how are you today? I'm doing good. Now I know I'm your favorite co-host. You are. You are so my that favorite. Feels good. <laughs> I won't, I won't ruin it by telling you you're my only at the moment. Sure. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Mine. But I don't know if you'll always be my only, and you will always be my favorite. I guarantee it. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad to be here with you today, Cody. Uh, those of you who are listening, we've just come off of another really great interview, and it's been fun to have these interviews, I think. Right? Yeah, we've had a lot recently. The, it's, been, yeah, uh, yeah. it's been pretty sweet, and we have some more coming, too. So yeah, absolutely. So I think these are fun and definitely valuable for people. So, uh, but I do really enjoy my conversations just with you as well. And so I'm happy to be here with you today uh, to talk about motivation. I think this is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, I, I think it's one of those, like, it's kind of like willpower. They think that it's just, you know, you either have it or you don't. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of of the mindset that motivation can actually be created, that it's not something that you have to find. What are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. Um, for so many reasons, uh, my own life, okay. different coaches I talk to, clients that I have, like, that's one lesson that I have learned is that uh, motivation is a temporary and fleeting kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and if you wait for it to find you, you're probably not going to be very motivated in the first place. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to create it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never heard it described as an emotion before, but I really kind of like that. Um, like, I don't I know think if it is. I, I think it, I think it probably is. I just, I've never, I've never heard it described that way. So mm -hmm. I've heard it described as a mindset. Right. Um, but yeah, I like that, that you're, because we, we use the word feel next to it. I guess I feel motivated. Mm -hmm. I don't feel motivated. Um, so yeah, I really like that. And I, I think you're absolutely correct that it is a fleeting and sometimes um, difficult to re regain that sense of motivation. Mm -hmm. I also think that whether or not you describe it as an emotion, it is very much attached to other emotions. I don't know mm -hmm. about you, but there are times when like, if I'm feeling sad, I'm probably also not feeling motivated. Right. Uh, what are some, what are some times in your life where you feel extra motivated for something? Extra motivated? Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, when things, when, when I'm in flow, I'm definitely okay. feeling very motivated. And what I mean by that is like, everything's clicking, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, not just with like my business, but with my family, with my health, with uh, my faith, you know, with everything, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm mm -hmm. in flow, I'm naturally more motivated because there's less friction, right? Okay. Um, yep. However, on the other side of the spectrum, when when stuff hits the fan, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> uh, I had to keep it PG. But when stuff <laughs> hits the fan. Um, I'm also very motivated because I'm, I'm like, I can't, I can't afford to keep doing this. So mm -hmm. I need to create this, 
right? Yeah. And yeah. Talk more Pain. about that. Some, well, no, actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to, I was going to go there too, because pain is like one of the primary motivators as well. So, you know, there's that, uh, that excitement that you described when you're in flow. And then there's also pain, uh, which is more of that negative approach. However, I will say that both of those, it becomes very reactive. Our motivation is a reaction to the inflow or it's reaction to the pain. And I believe that in the middle of that spectrum, Cody, that's where we can actually be proactive with our motivation. And what I mean by that is that that's where we create motivation out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to just talk for a few minutes today about how do we do that? Like whether it's for ourselves or for our clients, how do we create motivation out of nowhere when we're kind of stuck in the middle of that spectrum where we're not feeling a lot of pain and we're also not really in flow? Mm-hmm. Was that a question? Or are you saying? Sure. Okay. I see the nod on your face. Like, could you just give me the All answer? Right. And I can, I can give you the answer, but I think it'd be more fun to talk through it <laughs> first. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, and I, here's the thing, Cody, I know that you do this naturally with your clients. Mm-hmm. I'm positive with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but if you, if you take a step back and just go, okay, how do I, how do I help motivate my clients when they're not in both either one of those ends of the spectrum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shocker, you know, if, if you listen to the show, um, you would probably think, okay, so Cody is like all about motivation and mindset and pushing yourself all kind of stuff. Like he does 75 hard and he does this and he does that and like all this kind of stuff, which I'm currently on 75 hard as well. Um, (laughs) so it's probably probably a shock (laughs) to hear that I actually don't like the word motivation. Huh? I don't. I'm not. I mean, okay. So tell us more. Yeah. Um, I don't like it because, because it's so fleeting. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like is consistency. Um, mm-hmm. What I like is discipline um, because motivation, it comes and goes. Sometimes you feel like doing something. Sometimes you're motivated to do something and sometimes you don't. But the difference between motivation and discipline is that when you are disciplined, it doesn't matter how you feel, you still mm-hmm. get the thing done. And mm-hmm. I think that that's how you actually create motivation. Um, mm-hmm. Motivation is created through several micro wins um, consistently over time through action that then turn into macro wins, in my opinion. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So. I don't really believe that motivation plays a huge role in my own life. And this is something that I teach my clients as well. And I've even had discussions with other coaches about this too, because if we rely on motivation, um, you know, to compare it to something, it would be basically like, Hey, like we're relying on day trading to make us rich because it's so volatile, you know, it's unpredictable. It's, it's not something that you can depend on. It's just, it comes and goes, right? Just like day trading. Um, so I don't day trade myself. I don't think that that's a, a wise thing. Now, there might be someone who listens and they're like, Cody's wrong on that. Cool. I, I'm okay with being wrong. But that's just my opinion. Um, but I am, I am very, very a huge believer in discipline and consistency. And I think that you create motivation and it stays with you consistently through discipline um, because that's why I do things like 75 hard. 
That's why I do things like post every single day. That's why I do things like start new conversations and not, and I'm not talking about one new conversation a day. I'm talking about, you know, double digit new conversations with people every single day because I have a certain standard that I set for myself. I made it non-negotiable and it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what I got going on. It doesn't matter uh, what's happening at home. It doesn't matter about anything like that. It's something that I made non-negotiable to where I'm doing it no matter what, no matter what the circumstance is. And I think that that's how motivation is actually crafted because <laughs> if you can consistently do that and you can consistently be in integrity and, and stay uh, in that form of discipline that you told yourself that you were going to do, then naturally motivation comes. Naturally. <laughs> but you can't naturally be disciplined through motivation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you make a lot of really interesting points. And, and um, I think what's really interesting about it is that part of the reason you don't like the word motivation is because you are equating it to a feeling, right? And mm -hmm. also, I had said, I never really heard it described that way. And I think part of it is because it, for me, a lot of it is all what you just said, but all that you just said is very mindset based. So it's, you know, cr making that that disciplinary uh the decision to be disciplined, the decision to be consistent in what we do. And that then creates that momentum and that motivation. And so I just, that's why I'm smiling over here. Cause I'm like, you know what? We didn't even talk about this before. We didn't know what each of us was thinking. And yet it kind of already evolved into understanding what it is about the, the word that you don't even like. And it's, it's just because we've been actually looking at that word completely differently and yet getting to the same conclusion. Uh, I think, I think everything that you just said falls exactly in line with the idea of being proactive versus reactive. And on those ends of the spectrums, when, when we're having that emotion, that feeling of motivated, that's where we're being reactive. But when we look at it as the proactive approach that we, I brought up earlier, that's really everything you just described. Then you described it very eloquently. And I really do appreciate that you did that. Um, so that's really that mindset It's the deciding on what to do and then ultimately creating that motivation for ourselves. So it becomes more of a, a doing and way less of a just feeling. Yeah. And I, I want to add to like, I think that when we're motivated, typically what we're motivated about is a larger sort of outcome. So for mm -hmm. example, um, maybe we want to work with 30 clients or maybe we want to generate $100,000 of revenue or $200,000 of revenue or whatever it might be. Okay. And we're motivated towards that. It's a big picture kind of goal, right? Um, and I think that that's the problem. Like, it's just like helping a client pay down a mountain of debt. Like, say they have mm -hmm. $100,000 worth of debt. They can be motivated on that. But, you know, $10,000 in, that motivation might fall, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing with our with our big picture goals as well. So that's why it's so fleeting is because we have this big idea, we have this big goal, we have this big outcome, this big destination, and we make it more about that destination than the journey itself. And that's what discipline brings to the table is, is it, it switches the perspective to where it's more about the journey, and then you'll eventually get to the destination. And um, I think that that's, that's a big reason as to why I love the word disciplined and I'm not a huge fan of motivation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I can sit here and I can promise this. I know because I'm in a, I'm in a business coaching group. Um, I do like some, some like, uh, junior coaching for the head coach in that group. So I work with a lot of different coaches across different platforms, you know, health coaches, transformational coaches, all this kind of different stuff, right? Relationship coaches, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing that I see across the board in that group, but then also, and not everybody, but you know, I do see it a decent amount. Um, but then even with like talking to different financial coaches who are wanting to launch their practice or grow their practice or whatever, um, a lot of them aren't disciplined. A lot of them aren't doing things consistently in order to get to the desired outcome. And I'm sitting here right now and I'm going to tell you this right now. So if you're listening to this, stop what you're doing and pay attention because this is super important. I promise you that if you were to commit to do one to three things that are going to move you in the direction of creating more clients or starting more conversations, and you do that every single day for one year, I promise you that you will see growth and that you will hit your goals and that you will find that motivation and you will create that motivation through the discipline. And if you don't, if you actually commit to these things and you actually perform these things and you actually do it consistently every day for a year and you don't get progress in your business and your clients don't see progress in what they're doing, I will personally book a ticket and fly out to your home, get on my knees, crawl across a bed of coals and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And you went through that for the last year. I feel so strongly about this that I I will literally do that. If anyone wants to call me out, I will literally do that for you. I don't care. And I'm not even kidding about the bed of coals thing. I will. I don't, I don't think you are. I've I heard some of the crazy that, things that you're willing to because, do. <laughs> there's no arguing it. There's, there's no arguing at all. Like if you do that consistently and you're, and you're that disciplined, you will find that motivation. You will create that motivation and then you will get either to that outcome or pretty damn close. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that part of the other reason that it's, we struggle with it so much, Cody, is because when we look at what are, what are we actually motivated to do? The ultimate response to that is to change. Like mm-hmm. that's what it's going to require, right? It's going to require some, some sort of change from us, whether it's change in our habits, which is the toughest part, I think change mm-hmm. in mindset, uh, which is, is at least easier to say rather than to do. Um, but that change is, it can be so difficult. And that's where the, that motivation, like you said, the discipline needs to be there in order to make that happen. It's like you, you just keep doing what you know is to be right. And then you find out why it was right. <laughs> you can't, you can't look for the proof first, right? That's just the way yeah. that this all goes. So, uh, so yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. I think that to make, to comment on your point, something that's really important is that change is difficult. Mm-hmm. Change is very difficult. Um, but most people who want to see a change, they want to see it because their current circumstance is either very painful or it's not good enough for them. Mm-hmm. And the thing about change is that a lot of people are afraid of change 
a lot of people, um, they tend to avoid change because it's unknown. And I think mm-hmm. that, that, that has a lot to do with a person's ego. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself the question, which one is more painful? Is, is staying where you're at forever more painful <laughs> than the change? And if the answer is yes, then you should absolutely run into the change. If it's not painful enough, that's the problem. Yep. That's the problem. I agree. I, I, I love how we are really on the same page, but not in so many different ways. And I think that's so common <laughs> between you and yeah. I. Uh, we just, we have different ways of thinking about things. And yet that's what makes it so neat because we end up yeah. in the same vicinity. So how, how uh, yeah. are you on the same page? I want to hear your perspective. Oh, just uh, like we talked in the beginning about how, it, you know, I hadn't really ta- thought about it as an emotion per se. And it might just be kind of how I was trained um, that just that it was more of that mindset. Um, and also that the, the proactive and the reactive stuff that it's just that there's almost like a science to it, that it's not purely um, not purely emotional. That's all that's all there is to it. Um but like when I work with clients, one of the biggest things when we try to create that desire for change, and I think that's if someone's not super pain, they're they're pained, but they're not like so painful that they're like, oh, I, I'm really ready to do this. And then then we have to, as coaches, we have to help create that. We have to develop that discrepancy for them, uh, just that discrepancy between where they are right now and where they actually want to be. And sometimes that's really hard because people have a hard time really envisioning where they want to be and and understanding like what what is on the other side. Um, so there's just a whole bunch of different layers that kind of come with that as well. Uh, so that's what I mean when I say like we come at it from different areas, but we end up really on the same page, which I always think is pretty cool. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point too. Um, you know, even with like uh, conducting your consultations, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. Um, you know, motivating someone to step into coaching, especially if you're, if you're asking for a larger investment into it, maybe you're a more established coach and, and you're selling, uh, you know, these packages that are, you know, a couple of grand, uh, mm-hmm. or more, right. Mm-hmm. Um, getting someone to feel motivated to say yes to that, it does require them to feel that pain mm-hmm. and then to desire that change. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. that's really, really important during your consultations, like I call it the, the, the hell and the heaven. Um, you have to be able to essentially get to those, like those, like bleeding neck sort of issues that they have and literally like drag them through hell, um, and really make them feel that pain. And then you can then shift their focus to that heaven. Mm-hmm. And you can say, you know, with this, this, and this in place, you can absolutely get there. Um, but, you know, without it, you're probably going to be here because you're already there now. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think the three thing. Yeah. And I think the best way to do that is through the use of really good questions, just like anything that yeah. we do oh, yeah, really well. Um, and it's, you know, just guiding them to what is the next natural consequence of what you're doing right now? And then what, you know, and then what will happen after that? Uh, mm-hmm. Because it, and you do it in both ways. So if they're somewhere in the middle, you are taking them down and you're, in your words, you're taking them down to that path of hell and under like letting them see 
wait, four years from now, five years ago now, if you continue this way, what will that look like? And sometimes it's very difficult to understand what that will look like in five years. So you just keep stepping that back. And then you have to do that in the opposite direction as well. If we yeah. make this one tiny trajectory change, what will that look like, you know, one year from yeah. now, two years from now, et cetera. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but not, not just telling them that it's possible, but having them walk through that so Your, they can decide. Yes. That exact point is so, so important. Um, you can't just like tell people that, right. that their situation is, you know, not good or, you know, that it could turn uh, very poorly if they don't do something. Um, because if you do that, they're going to be like, who the heck is this jerk? You know, <laughs> like you can't just What does he think he knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, the art of doing both the hell and the heaven is through asking really good questions. Mm-hmm. You need to allow them to figure it out on their own. And you're just asking questions to help them get there on both ends of the spectrum. So, because if they, if they answer the questions themselves versus someone telling them that they're going to feel it, they're Mm going to feel it so much deeper because they're going to say, this is my decision. This is my situation. They're going to take ownership of it. And then while as they take ownership of it, they're also going to feel very empowered into stepping into coaching. And that's Mm -hmm. what motivation is. Yep. Yep. And also it's sometimes what we need to do in order to make that happen is have them recall something that already has happened for them. So instead of just everything being hypothetical, if you were to do this, what do you think will happen? Uh, But being able to go back just a little bit on that timeline for them and, you know, be able to pinpoint when did they have that shift of trajectory in the negative And how did it affect their life in the last six months, for example, but have Mm -hmm. them recall that so that they can understand how will that continue to go forward? I think sometimes we have such a hard time understanding that we didn't just wake up where we are right now. We didn't, we didn't just end up in the situation that we're in. We brought ourselves to that situation. I remember when I recorded my first podcast and I was kind of telling our story and I started by saying, you know, we found ourselves in, I think it was $92,000 worth of debt. And then I absolutely stopped and said, let's get real. We didn't find ourselves there. We put our asses there. (laughs) We, We did that. But if we don't take a moment to stop and look back at what choices did we make? What, uh, you know, what, what, actions did we take that got us to where we are, we're going to have a really hard time being able to actually think about what is our next action going to do? What's the consequence of that going to be? So sometimes it is taking just a few steps back so that they can recall that and then apply that going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the positive too, by the way, I just want to throw that out there. I'm not a negative Nelly. We also yeah. need to help them understand when they did something that really encouraged them. It, it didn't, uh, not, that's not the right word. When it, when it put them in the trajectory that they wanted to go, and then they can see that they were able to do that, we call that self-efficacy, that they have the ability to do the thing that's going to get them in the direction they want, and then have them build on that. Now, what if you do that again? How will that exponentialize the, the results for you? Yeah, I call that the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So something that I do with both uh, potential clients, but then also clients, depending sure, on the sure. person. Um is I ask him that I'm like, you know, if, if, if things continue to go down this path, what will it look like in a year? 
what will look like in five years and in 10 years. But if you were to make this, these shifts, what will it look like in a year, five years and 10 years? Cause mm-hmm. then when you do that, it's so clear. It's like, why would you not, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. go down the path that's going to be empowering you. Um, mm-hmm. You'd have to be silly to walk away from that and then go towards the, you know, the path that's going to be um, detrimental to you, you know, or not uh, believe that you're capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's where that whole exercise comes in about the, when have you done it well in the past? Right. Because right. then they can be reminded that they actually are capable of making that change and making that good decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, the big takeaway with this whole conversation uh, would be that if you're waiting to be motivated, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I would almost, uh, I would almost break up with that word. <laughs> if this was my situation, which I live my own situation, um, I have essentially broken up with the word motivation and I've replaced it with a higher quality word, a word in my opinion, which is discipline. Um, Cause if you, if you were to be disciplined, the motivation will come because you created it. But if you try to be motivated, that doesn't necessarily guarantee discipline in the long run. I agree with that. I really like that last statement specifically. If you try to be motivated, I think you can't, I don't, I don't think you can tr- just try to be motivated. Yeah. You can do but, all the things that we talked about today and create motivation, but you mm-hmm. can't just try to be motivated. Correct. I believe I think that. that that's the biggest struggle with people around mm-hmm. that word is that they try to be motivated versus mm-hmm. being disciplined. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all back to who we are as people. Love mm-hmm. it. Who do yep. we want to be? We want to be disciplined. That's right. And then we'll become motivated. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for this conversation. As always, it's fun. It's, it's, uh, I think it's encouraging and it's always, it's always enlightening as well. I mean, I just, I love the way that we just talk about things in a different way. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know which one I want to be, but. Oh, I definitely want to be peanut butter. (laughs) Crunchy, crunchy peanut butter. I'm going to get some hate in the comments, but. (laughs) <laughs> I am a crunchy peanut butter guy. So, well, now we know. See, we can always learn something new, even on the personal side. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, those of you who have stuck with us through all of this crazy bantering back and forth, we appreciate you and we, we always welcome your feedback, good, bad, or otherwise. <laughs> so, we encourage you to join us in our Facebook group. Let us know what you think about the show by rating it or just by leaving some sort of review for us. We always appreciate that. And the best compliment that you can give us is just to show back up next week and we will be here to serve you. We'll see you then, you guys. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.